calling out all my nerds, freaks, and geeks. It's mob time. Don't chew me, cause it's showtime. Go ahead and call the gang up for the one time. Rap food rhymes, got them on the line. And my life's still great, I'm doing just fine. Hands up. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Blurred Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I am your host, Foot. If you guys in variance are listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like the video, hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, and make sure you hit those bell notifications for future uploads. Today, I am joined by a special guest. I am joined today by the co-host of the Gurren Otaku Council podcast mcmillion (laughs) also my marvel in dc brother in crime it's great to have you here mcmillion how you doing today i'm doing good i'm doing good glad to be here glad to be here oh yeah make sure you guys check out mcmillion and his other co-hosts on the girl otaku podcast find them on facebook at girl otaku council um, their Instagram page at Gurren Otaku Council and their Twitter page or X, whatever you want to call it, at the Gurren <laughs> Otakus. So what's going on, McMillian? Nothing much, nothing much. Just living, trying to, you know, make it through the day. Stuff like that. <laughs> That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. But as I've alluded to in my introduction, we are here to do a mob review of Loki season two. So Loki season two debuted on Disney Plus on October 5th, 2023 and ended on November 9th, 2023. Mm -hmm. So as you guys know, our mob reviews are spoiler filled. So if you have not seen Loki, if you've seen a couple episodes and haven't finished the season, if you're still on season one, I need you to pause (laughs) this video, you know, like it, subscribe, make sure you come back, go finish Loki. And then come back and listen to the conversation. Mm -hmm. But before we dive deep into Loki, there's been a lot of news surrounding the MCU. And like I said, I have my Marvel and DC brother in crime right here, McMillian. So I just have to get your thoughts before we hop into this Loki review. How are you feeling about the current state of the MCU? Okay, so I'm having a couple of problems with Marvel right now. And it's mostly... The fact of I can tell they're trying to what do I want to say. I feel like they're trying to do new, some new things, but also holding on to the old stuff. Like I feel like you know they built up this is empire the right word? I guess maybe not empire, but they they've changed the way movies are being made. I feel like I think I would call it an empire because an empire? I guess like if you look at the superhero genre, I would really say like marvel really defined the superhero Mm -hmm. genre and like even if we look at we can talk about the dcu all day the dceu or even the outside superhero stuff like at a certain point of time who was holding the candle yeah to the mcu Mm -hmm. no so i guess you could say empire but like the they've built they've affected the movie industry so much now it's like they've they've changed cinema regardless and i feel like they're kind of for lack of a better term, smelling their own farts. They've they're they've reached <laughs> they've reached a height that they're just like we can do no wrong. And I really feel like it's holding back some creative stuff. Like for instance, I think we got like the first real look at that when it came to Multiverse of Madness and how it was originally going to be advertised as like a more horror 
type of mm-hmm. film. And then when you get in the theater, that's not what we got. Like there was remnants of what the director wanted, I think, the film to be. But we got at the end was more of the same Marvel stuff. And then even like take that with Thor, Love and Thunder, like there it was like, you know, do basically have it, make it as quippy as possible and all the and then take out all like the dramatic stuff and then it but it fell flat. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I feel like they're running into an issue with the fact that like they've gone so high that they can't recognize like that they're sucking the life out of the thing that they helped bring about. Or they can't see their faults. Mm-hmm. Um, we've said this on a podcast before, me and the rest of the mob, is that that Marvel doesn't really have competition. And I think mm-hmm. the good thing about competition or the thing about rivals, like we see in the media all the time, is that rivals feed off each other. Yeah. Like where you have a flaw, you're, you know, it's that constant tit for tat. Like I need to get better because of this, or they're doing this. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really going tit for tat with the MCU right now. So I definitely agree. Like they're trying to do new stuff and they're trying to keep like that same old 2000s Marvel Iron Man mm-hmm. Endgame type feel. And it's not really, you know, cutting the mustard, paying the bills. Yeah. And, but they can't really, they can't see the flaws in the media that they're making is because they don't have anything else to compare it to. Or we don't have anything to say, hey, Marvel, hey, mm-hmm. MCU, hey, Kevin Feige, this is what we wanted Multiverse of Madness to look like. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's that. And also, I wish they weren't. And I think this is also somewhat part of like the issue that they're having. Um they're so adamant about the MCU not being the comics, which bothers me to a degree. Cause I'm just like, these things, the, what you're adapting is from the comic books and their whole thing is like, I think I read somewhere in an article a few months back that like, they are more likely to try and like hire someone that, that has no frame of reference or knowledge on the comic book. They even encourage, I think they say the directors or writers not to read the original, like, story that it's adapting so that they can like put their i I don't know what like the i guess i don't know what the exact thing is but to me it just seems very i don't know like they're going against themselves i feel like and more so in my opinion than they are like helping themselves i can see it two ways i think that sometimes seeing the source material trying to make something new because all of Mm -hmm. this is new you know, even now, even all of these years later, like the stories that they're adapting, trying to bring it to life and include all these characters is new. And I, I could see the hesitation of shoving somebody in the source material because it doesn't give them room to actually be creative. Mm-hmm. Like you're so sucked in and trying to replicate the source material that you're missing the elements that we could bring a little bit more life to. Or we could have a character. What if, what if we made the character do this? You know, something like that. But mm-hmm. I also agree with your point 100% because let's just talk about Secret Invasion. What the hell? Were, were, I even said this before it came out. How was this even going to turn out? Because if you yeah. look at the storyline for Secret Invasion, that is what we saw on that Disney Plus show and what's in that comic books are two completely different storylines. Mm-hmm. My other thing was is that there are some heavy hitters in Secret Invasion that you guys just killed off in Endgame. 
or haven't even introduced yet. Yeah. So doing a secret invasion storyline was it piqued my interest. But then when I saw the execution, it was kind of like, you know, what was the point? Yeah, the end product definitely wasn't. Yeah, great. And like, I, I don't say it like as in, um, I don't bring that point up as in like saying like to your point, like I do think you could run the risk of someone trying to recreate something. But like, for instance, if you had someone look at the material of Secret Invasion, just to use that thing, Secret Invasion could have been a phase all its own. To make it a TV show, I thought that was like crazy. I thought I, I remember when they originally announced Secret Invasion, I thought it was going to be a movie at at the least. And then they came out and then they were like, oh, it's a show. And I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do. It has to be like shield focus or something. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this definitely seems like they're going to like have to. They, they're gonna, basically just taking the name like because it's not. Other other than the scroll part, like you're not gonna get what is. They in the looked comic. at that comic book, saw them fat ass scrolls, and was like, "Okay, we got it." You don't want to <laughs> turn. That's... They was like, "You don't want to turn a couple pages." No, I see the scrolls right there. I know. I see. We've seen scrolls before. I got this. We saw Captain Marvel one time. We know what scrolls so, are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, <laughs> and that was basically it. And it's just, and it's odd to me. And I think like this relates to the thing because, um, like there are some people saying like maybe the reason the MCU is falling off right now is because of superhero fatigue. And I don't necessarily agree with that because if that was the case, then things like the boys, Gen V or Invincible would not be the hottest thing right now. I agree. Like you can't. So for me, it's just, I think right now, like Marvel's biggest issue is just that like they've, they've trapped themselves. I feel like they're not by not letting themselves be more creative and be more expressive with these superhero stories that they're trying to tell. They just, they fall into a formula and they need to break it. I want to quote a comment that um, Kira, if you're listening to this, our friends, Room Full of Blurs, mm-hmm. left a comment on one of our videos, and she made the point that the MCU has this we do what we want attitude. Mm-hmm. And for a certain point of time, it worked. Because mm-hmm. if you see the way the MCU started, the characters they were bringing up, the stories that they were developing, they were doing things that you know, we hadn't seen in cinema, just like, just like you said, Mm -hmm. like they were making breakthroughs in cinema to where it was like, yeah, you guys can do what you want. You can put this in front of us in the screen. We are still going to watch it. But I, I think it's getting to the point now where that we do what we want. Attitude is biting y'all in the ass. Cause Mm -hmm. just going back to your points, you, you guys adapting these heavy storylines where the source material should really shine through it and y'all should not you know going looking the other way turning the other cheek and be like oh we're gonna go this way because we we feel like going like, this mm-hmm. way it's biting y'all in the ass for real yeah yeah and the, that that type of pigeon holding is not going to it's not going to get them to where they want to be if they keep doing it like this like we're it, like people are checking out obviously already and i think if we just if they continue that it's not going to it's it's going to lead to the death of the thing then more so like the evolution is which and i'm pretty sure that's what they want is to evolve is to keep evolving these stories keep doing this thing because it's it prints money so yeah i would just say as long as folks keep going to the movie theaters they're not going is the formula they did come out a couple of weeks ago and said they are changing the formula to how they're doing the disney plus shows which is, I think they definitely needed to work, work on that because I always, my biggest issue with the Disney Plus shows, even like the good ones, such as like WandaVision, you get good for majority of it. And then the end, you're like, 
what what did I just see on my screen? The right? end like, or my issue with the Disney Plus shows, I just kind of feel like they're everywhere. Or they are or they're releasing them. I think the thing that I appreciated about phase one through three was that even though we were watching like an Iron Man movie, then the next movie that comes out is Captain America, then the next movie that comes out mm-hmm. in Thor, it's like you can feel all of this leading up to something. And with some of these Disney Plus shows, the way we were hopping around different shows, getting introduced to these different characters, and then the movies weren't really pulling the elements for mm-hmm. what we just sat down and watched this six uh, episode event, like, you know, quick spoiler for the Marvels, we just saw Kate Bishop come back. Hawkeye <laughs> came out in 2021. Yeah. And we're just now seeing Kate Bishop back. So it's, I just felt like I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to get it together. And I'm going to say it again for everybody who's heard me say it before. <laughs> I'm going to say it again and I'm going to keep saying it. When James Gunn gets to ripping and running with this DCU, Kevin, I need you to get this shit together. Because mm-hmm. that man's not playing. James is not playing. Yeah. I definitely think I'm very interested to see what will happen when there is a contender in the cinema space for this. That's what I'm because... saying. If Superman Legacy comes out and be the best thing of sliced bread since the DC animated universe, you're going to have to get it together. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, if I w- walk out that movie theater a Superman fan, somebody <laughs> done fucked up. <laughs> somebody has fucked up. <laughs> Someone did a really good job and somebody fucked up. That's... Somebody, somebody James Gunn, you did a damn good job. And Kevin fighting them, y'all, y'all just fucked up. If mm-hmm. I walked out that movie theater, Superman fan. But yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. There's been so much news surrounding the MCU, even outside of the shows and the mm-hmm. movies are coming out. And just to touch on your thing about superhero fatigue, you made a really good point. Like, it's it's not superhero fatigue. Yeah, I think no. it's I think it's the it's the structure of the movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the way that these movies have been going in in these shows. I'm gonna just put it in in the shows too. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to having that impulse because it's kind of like they have us in a chokehold. It's like you feel like you can't because of the way that they have set things up in the past you feel like you can't miss Mm -hmm. a disney plus show or you're gonna miss some integral part in the mcu or if you don't go see this movie you're gonna miss out on something and every time we step into disney plus and every time we step into that movie theater we just get a movie that leads to nothing Mm -hmm. yeah nothing um for the marvels and this isn't like a Spoiler anything, but like for instance, I have some friends that aren't that big into the Disney Plus shows. So when we, but they like watch the movies. So we went to go see it together. And I remember telling them, I was like, you, I was like, I don't really think other than Miss Marvel, there's anything you need to watch prior, which they did. They liked Miss Marvel. Um, but I was like, maybe Secret Invasion might play into it. I don't know how it could, but maybe. And when we got in the theater, I was like, oh no, never mind. Y'all, y'all good. That, that, honestly, you, probably didn't even have to watch Miss Marvel. If you wanted extreme familiarity 
with the background of Miss Marvel, of the MCU Miss Marvel's character, and just understanding her family dynamic a little bit more, mm-hmm. you could have watched it. But y'all didn't have to watch that show to go see that movie. But but we gonna save it. It's coming. We have a Marvel's review <laughs> coming, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let everything out. I'm gonna lay it on on the table. But I want to move on. Let's get into Loki. Yes. So what I want to do, McMillian, I want to start from the outside, and then we're gonna work our way deeper and deeper into the depths of Loki season two. Okay. So my first hot take for you is how did you feel about the season overall? And we can discuss in comparison to season one. And then mm-hmm. my side question to this is, do you feel like this was a satisfying end to Loki's story? Okay. So if we're working from the outside going in, I thought the, so I'll answer your, I'll answer one of the questions. Um, was it satisfying to me? Yes. It was, I thought this was a great way for a character to whole quote was I am burdened I am burdened with glorious purpose to end with being the the I don't even know if I want to say like the god of time the loom the itself of the multiverse yeah like. to to become that after going through everything that Loki as a character like went through through all the movies and even like within it the show. I thought that was a great way for it to go. I didn't even expect it. I was legitimately wondering, like, I think when I was watching the last episode, like, w- everything he's trying at this point has no end. And he was really contemplating doing something that I knew he wasn't going to do. So I was like, what, where is this leading? And then when it happened, I was like, all right, whoever did this was cooking. Y'all was in that motherfucker. <laughs> it, Cause I was watching it like, just like you, I didn't understand. I didn't, you know, realize what was going on. Like he blew up the loom, mm-hmm. and you know he's grabbing on these branches, and I was like, okay, is he giving life to the branches? It's like, what are we doing? And then you just continue to see him walking, gathering these branches, and then you see the throne, mm-hmm. and I was like, not he about to trap himself outside of time and hold out all the multiverses, and it just goes back to your thing, like burden with glorious purpose. I think. The thing that they've hammered on in the Loki series is that Lokis are meant to lose. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you here's this glorious purpose. Like, yeah, like you, you're you holding the multiverse together. It don't get no more glorious purpose than that. than that. Yeah. But now you have to, one, sit here, hold all the timelines together. And everybody who you've tried to save in these past six episodes, you can't see them again. You are alone. It. So there's a, I don't know if it was a TikTok or an edit I saw on Twitter, but they were probably the same. I don't know. They probably were the same thing. But um, there was a thing of someone had put in the scene from the first Avengers where Tony tells Loki, there is no throne at the end of all this. I don't know what you think you're going to get, but there's not a throne. And then they Mm -hmm. clipped that end scene of Loki season two with him, you know, him going to the throne and sitting on it and i and someone i remember i think reading a comment in that things in that thread saying look at him he won he proved Tony wrong and i'm like he didn't win i mean like I, he got a throne but is this a win would you the, classify the fine that as win. a win yeah the fine win <laughs> i was like would you classify that as a win he he got technically something he wanted but at, at what, what cost? cost exactly so like I, I i thought that was great and now in comparison to season one I I like this better. Now, I granted, I don't know which 
critically is better, but I do think I like season two better because there was a lot of what do I want to say? Like the foreshadowing, I feel like in season two was immaculate. Like you mm-hmm. start off first episode of Loki having to be pulled from the timeline, like him himself being pulled from the timeline, him shifting through the timeline, and then that leading to him literally existing outside of time. Right. <laughs> like that was great. The the way they like weaved everything together to where it's like because I, I remember at the end of season one, I was like, oh no, he went to a different universe where Kang is in charge of the TVA. And right. then you find out that, oh, no, he was in the past of his own. It's just that he, it like, at one point, the TVA was like a mil- military force mm-hmm. and they had to be ruled as like taken over as such. And I was like, that is such an interesting way to flip some, the, the viewer's conception of what they just last saw. I really and, like flip like the time travel genre. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it surprised anybody at the end of Loki season one where we all thought, oh, he's in another universe because we've seen this trope mm-hmm. happen with time travel 511 times. But to twist it on his head and it's like, no, he's not in another universe. He's just in the past. And now he has this power. He can just go front and back, but he can't really control it. And then that's like the whole journey. We're trying to deal with this aftermath of like killing he who remains mm-hmm. and things like that. I definitely, I agree with you. I definitely enjoyed this season more. I think the interesting thing that I found about the whole Loki story is that after the season ended, the it was either the director or the writer of Loki said that this was meant to be two parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. So, like, that first part is, like, Loki being outside the timeline, figuring out all this stuff means, and then we come to that, really, if you want to look at it, the climax of them killing He Who Remains, and then season two is just dealing with that aftermath Mm -hmm. and coming down to that resolution that no matter what y'all do, like, the TVA is done. Mm -hmm. And then he has to come in, you know, do his thing and just hold it all together. And I was like... Seeing where Loki started, that Avengers 1 Loki, and just seeing him make that whole 180 to the Loki that he ends up in season two, I think was very satisfying yeah. to watch. Mm-hmm. The great conclusion for the character. Um, and I think, like you said, if the director did truly mean for this to be like season one, first half, season two like second half complete circle. I think they did a great job with that. Like how he learned of the TVA and everything. And then how, like where it went to finding out like, Oh, this thing that I was against, but then later on, like came back around to, to having to like be the center point and hold it all together. to like really learn why it was needed. And then Mm -hmm. to then be truly a part of it, I thought was like a great story in and of itself. Definitely. I think it's one of those redemption arcs, like going back to like, did the, did he really win? Like, did he, you know, the throne, did he really win? It's one of those redemption stories to where the character grows, but they don't necessarily win at mm-hmm. the end. It's like, it's a satisfying end to the character. They did this great thing, you know, saved all the multiverse, but your fate through that redemption it's not just oh i get to live with my friends i'm good loki now it's like no you gotta sit here and hold this together 
Like yeah. I, it it was that redemption that led to like that bigger sacrifice that you had to accept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I think it's like a great way also to illustrate like a good ending, but like not a good, like, you know, it's like, it's good for like, oh, never, everything didn't go to shit. Like mm-hmm. the world's still intact. They had the timelines intact. They it like technically it was a good resolution, but it wasn't necessarily like what the character wanted. It wasn't, I wouldn't say like this is a wrapped up with a nice bow type right. of story. Like it's not it, like a hooray. Yeah. It's it's more <laughs> of like, we survived. And sometimes that that's how it goes. Like you don't yeah. you're not gonna get everything you want, I think, at the end of it. And I think that was a pretty good representation of like Loki's story, like everything he struggled to get and everything like he wanted. It was it's like out of reach for him. But at the end of the day he found out some he he truly discovered a purpose that was bigger than himself that a, a cause that he felt that was just to give like himself to and i think that in it that in and of itself is i guess a good you know is a good ending for the character because it was something you could tell he was looking for basically throughout his like life so like purpose belonging and and it it was sad it wasn't like i said it wasn't one of those hooray Mm -hmm. it was kind of like one of those oh no because you like he finally found like these group of people that, you know, see him for what he is. He finally feel like he's belongs. He doesn't feel like he has to conquer mm-hmm. something. And then having to give that up, you know, we see him in like the beginning, um, the first half of episode six and even like the whole episode five of him trying to find these multiple ways to understand the time slipping and trying to fix this problem. When it, And, you know, it just turns out to be like, you you can't fix this big dog. Yeah, it's it's not gonna end the way you want, like regardless right. of what you do. And that hurt. Oh man, that it did. That hurt. <laughs> I, I it was it was fun to watch though. That first half of episode mm-hmm. six when he was just going back in time, and everybody was just looking like, what are, what are you doing? Like, how do you How's know he do that? It? Yeah, it's like, how does he do it on this? How do you know that? And Ob trips me out. He was like, that's right. That's exactly that's right. right. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But man, yeah. Definitely. But um, let's get into these characters. Um, so we talked about Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did we feel about let's just go down the line, Sylvie, Mobius, OB, who we got introduced into this season, mm-hmm. Casey, Ben B fifteen, the return of Renslayer, Miss Minutes. And I wanna touch on Victor Timely. Let's start with him first. Okay. How did you feel about Victor Timely? So let's start with his introduction mm-hmm. in Ant-Man Quantumadium versus how the character was actually portrayed in Loki season two. Okay, so are we, I guess with that, are we going to, you want me to talk about Kang and Victor or just Victor? Just Victor. Like, how was your, because when we, when you, I guess I would want to know, what was your reaction to first seeing him in the end credit scene of Ant-Man Quantumadium? versus how they actually portrayed him in Loki season two. Okay, hold on. You might have to remind me because I do not... I remember the end credits for Loki season... I mean, not Loki So at the end of Quantumanium, Uh the end credit scene was Loki and Mobius. You remember when they went back to Chicago? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sitting, right. They were sitting at the the his presentation, mm-hmm. and Victor Timely gets on there, and then Loki is like spooked, like he looks like he's about to shit himself, like that's him. 
that's the guy. That's that's yeah. who ranks as Kang. Mm-hmm. And then, so in my head, I'm thinking like, oh shit, a Kang variant. Okay. But then we get the Loki season two, and I was like, what? This is funny. Like the way <laughs> the way that Loki was like about to shit bricks over this man versus how he actually is. He is. Okay. Okay, thank you for painting that picture. Because in my head at first, I was like, "Did I miss him in the group of Kangs that was cheering? Like, what, what was going on?" But apparently, I just forgot about that that the Loki scene itself. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. So with that, I, 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 I kind of the same thing. Like, I was expecting this to be like some version of Kang, like when he first started out, some like in a alternate timeline or whatever before it became dangerous or mm-hmm. whatever, and that they were trying to stop. Like, like you remember how I said, like at the end of season one, I thought he went to a different world where Kang took over. So maybe this was them traveling back to stop him right. before he became dangerous. When I get to <laughs> this guy, this this goofy inventor, uh, he's a con artist. Yeah, I was I was totally surprised. It took it threw me for a loop, but I really enjoyed Victor Timely as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, if I my favorite moment, I think is when. He he. They brought him to the TVA and they asked him to trust them. And he said, "I am from Chicago. We don't trust like anybody." <laughs> As a Chicagoan, I was like, "Oh, I was like, this is great. This is amazing." <laughs> but he he was great throughout the whole thing. I really enjoyed the character. Um, yeah, he was he was a fun time. <laughs> I I definitely liked how they kind of flip the whole notion of a Kang variant on his mm-hmm. head. Because he who remains, you know, the way that he was, you know, talking to Loki and Sylvie, he was like, you know, you kill me, there's more of me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we're looking at he who remains, and we're, we're looking at Cain the Conqueror. from and, and, and even, let's talk about the other end credit scene from Ant-Man, the Council of Cain. Thanks, yeah. And we're just expecting all of these Kang variants to just be, you know, twisted in the head, wanting Evil, some type of yeah. form of dominance. And then we get the Victor Timely, and he's just like the complete opposite of what we've been explained to what a mm-hmm. Kang variant yeah, is, yeah. could mean. And I don't know if Victor would have gotten there had Renslayer and Miss, Miss, Miss Menace got to complete their mission. Mm-hmm. Or, the way they wanted to or was victor timely really gonna stand on his business and be like you know i'm not who y'all think i am Mm -hmm. like i understand like this time thing and i understand that there's a person a variant of me who's caused you guys so much you know hardship you know whatever but would he have stood on business still and be like, you know what? I'm not that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting to see if they given, given the chance. Cause I definitely was interested. Like it's interesting. Cause to me, I think like in the moment when I saw that he wasn't like the other Kings, I just was like, well, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, like out of millions of possibilities or billions of timelines, why would every, why would every Kang be the, you know, same exact copy paste like evil guy i mean even like the way they showed like the council of kings i mean like all of them were different it was just like they were all conquerors that was like the only like common thread so i was like it it would make sense that not all of them would technically be like that even like the one who remained wasn't necessarily evil uh, as far as we know because we don't know what he did in the past but i mean controlling the will of everybody (laughs) 
maybe not violent evil, well, but like, <laughs> but not like crazed conquerory type yeah. stuff. But like, yeah. that, I guess that's where I'm more so where I'm coming from. So like, that was I, I definitely think like the way they played with the perception, I think of the character was great. But I, I uh, and what the difference is that what they made him was also like really cool. What ha- what they made it happen to him in. I don't remember what episode it was, but when he immediately got like turned into time strands or whatever. Man, when I say <laughs> I bust out laughing, like it's one of those moments where you laugh and it's like, that's not funny. Funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, it was so, that wasn't what you were expecting. I could definitely exactly. see. Like, like they flip, like that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that was another thing that like really flipped the whole Kang thing on his head is because we went through all of this to get a Kang variant because only his DNA, only his, you know, cosmic signature can mm-hmm. fix all of this. And we get to the moment and he just turns into spaghetti string. And, and then that's real where it really sunk in to like, we're effed. Because if a Kang, if the whole solution was to get a Kang variant and that didn't work, what the hell yeah, we gonna mm-hmm. do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that like everything with surrounding Victor, I just really enjoyed because it mm-hmm. was just like expectation after expectation subverted. Like it was just it was fresh. It was completely fresh, and I really enjoyed that. I did too, and it it really makes you wonder. Um, if Marvel continues um with this Kang as Kang being the center of the multiverse story, how many more Kangs along that wavelength are we gonna meet? Mm-hmm. Or is it gonna be like from this point on, all of the Kangs are gonna be evil conquerors, you know, hell bent yeah. on destruction? Or are we gonna meet some more variant of Kangs that align with Victor Timely? That's like, hey, I would rather help you guys than, you know join the council of kings and mm-hmm. cause a multiverse of war yeah i could i mean i could see it going both ways to just like based on how they're doing stuff i could definitely see like if they decide to keep going that eventually we it's gonna be like only a king could like really help them stop another king or something like that and be mm-hmm. one that's just like i'm not really for this conqueror shit let me just help you guys out mm-hmm. so i could definitely see them pulling something like similar to victor again um it's just like um, I, I and i will be looking forward to it to see how they you know pull it off it's just the only thing definitely i do want to move on to renslayer and miss minutes okay can we talk about that scene where they trap <laughs> all them people in that box yo that you, you know I, I i'm not saying that marvel can't go dark but that was crazy to me because I, I didn't was even. Not... They didn't even show it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, we not finna show. You know, humans getting compressed, getting compressed in a box. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was just like, you know, that the music swelling and you just, you know, you know what's coming. You mm-hmm. know what's about to happen next. And Renslayer sitting, standing there, and you could see the conflict of like. I don't want to do this, but if I, you know, want to, you know, hold my allegiance mm-hmm. to he who remains and do my part, I'm going to have to do it. And then you see Miss Menace in the corner like, yeah, do that shit, do that shit, do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was 
crazy. And but what I really liked about that is that like that was alluded to. Like this is where I go back with like the foreshadowing. Like because Loki did that to um I don't remember that guy's What's name. Brad. Yeah, he Loki did it to Brad to try and get him to give up where Sylvie was, and it worked. And then fast forward, they used that to murder TVA agents, and I was just like, that is. Well, they tried to do it for the same thing. You remember they Mm -hmm. tried to convince them to come to our side. They tried to do the same type of negotiation tactic. Like, yeah, come on our side. And then when they refused, it was like, not like, let's use the box to force you to join. It's like, nah, y'all in the box. Y'all through. It's over. (laughs) It's crazy. I am curious to see... Or, or maybe it's done. Maybe Miss Menace is done. Maybe after that episode where they rebooted the system and she, you know, went hard factory reset Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she'll stay like that. That would be curious to see. The other thing is, is that I'm curious on if they do anything else with Renslayer. Because it, it looked like, did it look like to you that they just booted her to like that end of time area? Where yeah. they ended up in at the end of Loki season one. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it felt like to me. And that was if I had only one complaint, that'd probably be it. Is that like at the end, Red Slayer just became like a a note. Like I don't know. Like she was just like, all right, she's somewhere. We don't know. We we don't know what she's doing, but she she out there basically. That was like my right. only probably complaint. And then the Miss Minutes thing. Um, I would imagine that there might be a possibility to get her back to what she like was before the reboot. But I think at least for right now they they just have a brand, a fresh new miss minutes. If I had to guess anything, just yeah. based on how it ended, that yeah. didn't seem like that seemed like a new insulate. Cause like she had to introduce herself and everything. So I'm like, that just seemed like they really reset her program and she might not even recall or recollect like. The well, stuff I wonder, I wonder if somebody can like we're you know to just touching back on the Kang thing mm-hmm. and how the whole system was configured for like Kang to be able to do all these special administration controls. Could a Kang walk off in the TVA and cut her back on? Probably, I wouldn't doubt it. I I wouldn't doubt it. A, I. We'll I mean. See. I just feel like they definitely introduced an interesting thing with how loyal Miss Minutes is to Kang, especially mm-hmm. with, the, with the scene with her. That scene was like, he never want to put me in a woman's, woman's body. body. And I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Miss Minutes, calm down. Hey, what's that? That TikTok, he's showing her all his inventions and stuff. He turned around, where your clothes Close at? Close <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, I definitely enjoy Ob's character. Yeah, yeah, the o- Ouroboros. Ob is Ouro- my guy. Ouroboros. <laughs> I love that that fanboy moment between him and Victor Timely, and he was like, "Um, you wrote this book." He was like, "I wrote this book because you wrote that wrote book." book. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have that Spider Man moment, like ah. <laughs> That was great. That was, I mean, every, in my opinion, I really enjoyed every uh, scene I think that OB was in. Like that first one when they first met him and they were like, we need, he, he's time specific. Time specific in TVA has never happened. Wait. No, it has. There has been one instance of time specific. Oh, when, when Loki had went mm-hmm. back, 
that was that was cool too. And they do, and it was just like, well, you would need like you would need this, but I don't have one of those. Oh wait. Oh wait. You mean this? This. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the um the fifth episode where everybody was displaced and they couldn't you know remember their place in mm. the TVA. And Ouroboros thing when he, he when it starts out with him trying to buy his own book, mm-hmm. there's like get your get your <laughs> out of here. Didn't I tell you stop selling your books? <laughs> but I I definitely like how they kind of he like even in a form where he could remember his place in the TVA, he could still like put everything together and help mm-hmm. Loki out. Like you could still see like you could still see like the whole thing coming full circle even though they're not even in the tva yeah like you that was one thing i really like to think about that episode specifically is that like you kind of saw like what formed the personalities that you get to see in the tva like Mm -hmm. what like what like even though they weren't in that like same environment that same thing they still had like aspects of their character that you definitely noticed like translated one-to-one to when they be like what made them TVA agents. So that was definitely OB and then definitely Mobius. Like Mobius mm-hmm. having that, no, I think you mean this. So mm-hmm. well, let's just calm down. Like him <laughs> still having that mellow tone, but we're going from finding Kane variants to trying to sell me a jet ski. Yeah. But it still feels like very Mobius. Mm-hmm. He's had that same type of charisma throughout like in both instances and stuff like that. And even like handled, I feel like really stressful situations the same too. So yeah, it was, it, that, that was like great to see. I think that episode was uh really cool. So how did you feel about Sylvie in this season? I, it was really interesting. Cause like, so my, the problem, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with Sylvie's character, but it was just interesting when she killed off he who remains. I was like, this is a very, interesting turn for a character that i didn't think was that selfish to just be like and eh, the world's gonna end but at least i get my revenge like that was <laughs> i was like all right okay cool so for her to go from that and then to be like i'm living my life i want and then like her advocating when stuff went bad be- like when the tv8 went basically belly up and everybody got displaced into a regular life her whole thing was like well i mean Loki, they had they have the chance to live a regular life now. Like they, they they were kidnapped, they got pulled away from this. Let them like let that happen. And even then to also sit here still be like somewhat hold a grudge against like he who remains to the point where she wanted to take out timely. I thought that was like we got to see a lot of sides, I think, of her mm-hmm. in this season. To like the point where like she kind of like slowly grew on me. Cause like I said, like last season, I was like, I didn't dislike her, but I was also just like that's a crazy thing to do, lady, to just be like, fuck the universe. I'm getting mine to then become like Free will. Ah. (laughs) And I I feel like she was so hard focused in this season on like Mm -hmm. the free will thing. Because it's like, even though the timelines are falling apart and um, um, you get to live your life out working in an 80s McDonald's, it's like, you're like, despite... What the hell is going on? You're mm-hmm. still focused on you wanting this free will and everybody having this free will despite the cause. Mm-hmm. Like you'll still kill Kang variants and just going back to Victor, who we know like doesn't have that, you know, that personality to Indeed. him. It's yeah. like you would still kill anything that threatens the free will, even though 
by having the means of how we got the free will is tearing the universe apart. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, that's why uh, it was interesting. She was very much consistent. I feel like throughout, it's just interesting. I think like even with shown like the end of like the universe or whatever, she was still very much like kind of like 50 50 on what to do because like she was at the end and she was allowing loki and them to like work with timely and stuff like that because their whole thing was like we're not necessarily trying to destroy the timelines we're, tr- we're trying to figure out a way so everything can work cohesively mm-hmm. and then when that went belly up she was like all right back to my mcdonald's i was back, like hey. back to the mcdonald's <laughs> i was like at least she consistent like at least <laughs> <laughs> i i think I appreciated her for giving it a chance. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, you just killed the Kang variant. And now here's another Kang variant. And, you know, your whole stance was like, F the TVA, get them out of yep. here. And for you to, like, really stick it through just to see if it would work. I I appreciated that. Yeah, and that show definitely, that, show, that itself showed cr- growth in the character. Um... I even what is it that one of my like one of my favorite scenes even with her is like that uh thing with the record shop when she was like going in there and she was mm-hmm. like I just need something to kind of help me like it, like get these emotions I'm feeling out where she kind of felt like she was stuck in between like wanting to do something or just like letting everything letting happen. It happen and like which even like then showed like an aspect of a character just like I had been fighting against this thing so much but now I'm starting to see like Loki told her like the TVA still has a purpose. It still needs to happen. Like her being caught between that dichotomy and really trying to like still understand it. It was, just, it was so interesting. And then the world collapsed and it was like, all right, lady, do, do what you need to do. We, we gotta, we gotta do something. Nothing, yeah. But it was more so, I guess the juxtaposition between Sylvie and Loki is because if we're really looking at it, this is Loki's first exposure to the TBA mm-hmm. and everything that's going on. Like for a brief point in time, his experience with the TBA was negative, and then it it became more positive going through it. Sylvie's whole deal with the TBA has been negative for years. Yeah, the or only ma- bright spot was Loki himself. Right. So like. I wasn't mad that she was hell bent on like free will and just like Mm -hmm. having that attitude of like, I don't have to do anything. I just have to let it happen. It's because like you said, you've been fighting against this thing for a whole time. And you mean to tell me this guy who just hopped in the TVA a couple (laughs) years ago is going to tell me that we can fix this shit. This shit has been wrong for years. Years, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, Hmm. I think I would have to agree with you. I think I did like Sylvie's character more this season mm-hmm. than I did last season. Like I didn't dislike her mm-hmm. last season, but I think it just goes more into the fact like we see we see a lot of character development, and we're also seeing that that Loki has to lose mentality. Yeah, coming come into play even on Sylvie's side because it's not like not losing as a sense like she lost anybody or if you want to consider the fact that she lost loki Mm -hmm. then yes but you also losing that i don't know what you felt like your purpose was yeah like this whole time her purpose has been let's you know let's fuck with the tba yeah escape 
right like that. and now like how you said before like the moment in the record shop was really like that turning point moment of like do i do something mm-hmm. or do i not do anything and it's kind of like losing or letting go of those ill feelings that you have for the tva yeah. and trusting in that you can make it better mm-hmm. yeah i think that's probably like a perfect display of just like what uh, how i grew to like the character more i think this is just like they gave her a lot like more growth in terms of just like where she started to where she ended up so yeah how did you feel about the scene where where loki feels like he he's doing the time traveling thing and he's just mm-hmm. going back 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 and he finally goes so back in time that he ends up back and he who remains um layer if you Mm want to call it and it's trying to stop Sylvie from killing him and it happens so many times where loki finally yells at him and they stop time and they have that conversation how did you feel about that oh that was such a good in my opinion that was such a good like moment because i was wondering i was like if he is out if he who remains also exists outside of the natural convention of times would he not know that Loki is constantly coming back into him to be like, we've had this conversation, we've done, we've had this conversation, or like you're different than the one that was mm-hmm. just here. Like that was such a good moment. And then him just basically boiled down, like, I'm really trying to like do something. And, and he who remains being like, look, man, you got a choice here. You know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought that was great because it was legitimately like a, like, we we know I, I think like we knew from like the jump that like based on how things were going that it he might have to take Sylvie out like it all led back to that they, even like Sylvie herself I think like almost entertained the idea a bit but like it we knew that was something Loki couldn't do because if he could it would have happened probably at the end of season one yeah so it just like left you wondering like what wh- how is he gonna get out of this like really. It was interesting to me how he who remains still tried to like manipulate the situation. Mm. Cause like you said, he kind of made it, he kind of tried to box Loki into the fact that like, yeah, you know, you want to fix all of this. You got to keep me alive. My boy, you got to kill, you got to kill your girl and you just got to keep me alive. Like this is the only way you can fix me. Like he, like at a certain point, he who remains doesn't know, you know, what's, you yeah, know what's gonna is happen. happening or what's going to happen so him just sitting in this chair and be like hmm seems like your only choice is to keep me alive <laughs> and at a moment it was like nah should we consider it mm-hmm. but i i agree i thought it was a very good scene to just like bring it back to where the problem started yeah and i think for a lot of time travel stories when they do go back to the beginning it's just reverse what happened and you've seen it with dc with flashpoint Mm -hmm. when and where it's always let's just go back to the beginning and flip the action yeah and we can fix it and we can fix it but here it was like yeah we fix it but then we're still we're either introducing another problem or the problem we were trying to fix in the first place is just going to continue. To continue. Mm-hmm. So it's an option that we don't want to choose. Yeah. It, that that whole thing was very interesting to me. Like that that whole juxtaposition was very interesting. And I thought they pulled it off very well. 
because it's like, as you said, if we keep him alive, this puts us back in to where we were at the beginning and no one wants. And, and like, that's not desirable either. Like right. there, there is no win win here. Like I can't have my cake and eat it too. Was like the whole like thing I got from that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I, I definitely agree. I definitely like that. Loki just, and then let's go back. So then he's presented with these options and he goes back further in time and ends up with his first meeting with Mobius where they're sitting in that theater room going through all his memories. And he mm-hmm. has that conversation with Mobius. It's like, how do you decide who lives and who dies? And and at that moment, it really felt like he was really about to, you know, lay down the pressure that somebody got to go. Yeah. That's how, that's what I thought basically is that like when he went back to talk to Mobius, it was basically him trying to figure out or ask. He was basically asking Mobius like, how do I make this decision? Like I know something has to happen, but I don't Mm -hmm. want to do it. Like basically that was him like trying to get the courage up enough to kill Sylvie or even I think in a way now that I'm looking at it could also have been like his like thing to be like self-sacrifice. Like Mm -hmm. what do, what do I do here? when I don't want, when I don't like the options I'm presented and Mobius basically told him like, sometimes that's just the job. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's not, it's not some big thing. Sometimes it's just, you got to make a choice. And I like how he went back to a Mobius that didn't have the knowledge mm-hmm. of the situation. It's kind of like when you're having an argument with somebody and you're pulling in a third party that doesn't know the situation, can't be biased it can give like an honest opinion. And I and I like that he chose to talk to Mobius, but I like that he chose to talk to a Mobius that had no idea of what the TVA actually was, everything mm-hmm. that they went through. The Mobius that he's talking to is just like, yeah, you're a variant. We're going to sit down and have a talk. I'm going to show you some things and hope that your character changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was no, there was no, I think that's perfectly describes it because there's no familiarity. There's no context to basically what's that. So he could just like, he just thinks Loki at it right now at the end of this is like, I know what's like, I'm done playing a game here. Mm-hmm. What What's happening right now? And Mobius is just giving him an honest, genuine reaction. But really Loki's looking for a friend to answer like a dilemma for him. But that's not like what, who Mobius is in that moment. Right. And I don't know if Mobius's opinion would have been biased had he went to a Mobius that had a little bit more familiarity with the situation. But I, I think his answer was very Mobius. And I and I wonder if he would have mm-hmm. just gotten that same answer anyway. But he didn't, I guess he didn't want to get it from like where the emotions are high and it's like, okay, what are you about to do? And, and yeah. maybe you'll try to stop me or whatever. So I'm going to pick a Mobius that you don't know what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. I I think um, like the way I looked at it was I'm going to go to a, like I'm going to go to a person that generally has no skin in what I'm about to do. Like they don't care about me. They don't care about the situation that's going on to them. I, they're just truly neutral. And I thought Mm -hmm. like, that's how I was looking at it. Um, Because like, but I think that is a good thing to point out. If he may have talked to a Mobius that already had the familiarity, familiarity with Loki he probably wouldn't have been so straightforward with the answer of like sometimes you just got to do the job he probably would have been like where's this coming from 
what's going on like you know talk to me like you know how Mm -hmm. friends generally do but like this was just like you just gotta sometimes you just have to do the thing you don't want or because in the long run it's better definitely and then i think that pushed them i think that might have convinced them more to think that there has to be a third option Mm -hmm. or a if you want to combine the option of keeping he who remains alive and killing sylvie one option then it kind of you know sparks that there could be a second option and then his last discussion with sylvie when he finally you know gets the idea of you know i could replace this with something better like not get rid of it entirely not try to you know fix the broken pieces and hope that it you know the picture is better like let's just replace it with something completely Mm -hmm. so i definitely love the way that the last episode was crafted yeah but the last thing i want to talk about mcmillian is Mm -hmm. we've kind of been playing around with some theories but i want to lay it all on the table what are your theories for what comes next after loki season two and side question, if Disney gets greedy and green lights a season <laughs> three, what would you want to see from a season three of Loki? Okay. So I'm a I'm a I will answer that, although I do not think they should do a season three of Loki. At least right now. Um <clears throat> I think the way they ended it for at least for Loki, I, I I think whatever they decide to do moving forward can't be loki it has to be like tva or something like that because Mm -hmm. this is loki's story at least right now is concluded like there's nothing they can show me at least in my opinion that would make me think that like okay there's something more to tell about his story unless they're going to show me how he keeps all the timelines alive which i'm just like i don't know if i really want a full explanation on that i think keeping it a mystery does it better but um yeah, like that would be the only way I could see them coming back with like a third one. But I think whatever does come next, it would have to be TVA focused. And I think, and I think it would have to be like maybe potentially the TVA getting involved with maybe potentially like saving timelines or something of that nature, like being a force that protects like maybe timeline conquering or something like that. I, well, that's you know, how, like, I would think. Well, just to play on that, um, if you remember at the end of the episode, it seems like their new mission now is capturing Kang variants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So basically, all right. I, I wasn't. I couldn't completely remember exactly like what the like final thing was. I remember Mobius quitting and stuff like that, but I couldn't remember if they like said what their new like modus operandi would be. Because you but, remember like, they that had w- that file from Quantum Manium mm-hmm. about okay. the Kang that got they battled in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So that that would have been that basic. I mean, so basically, what I felt like was the thing was going to happen. So that would be like my thing is that they would probably prevent the conquering of timelines or the death of branches or something like that. Considering like they now their whole thing now is like it's infinite. Anything can happen. They don't have a problem with that, but it's more so like making sure we protect everything and not just like one thing. Right. It's probably like what I would see. So like a TVA, like potentially maybe like a um. What do they call it when stuff isn't like sequential? Uh, I forgot. It... Oh, it's Why not I... sequential. Like, oh. you know, it's like, a, you know, when a series is happening, but necessarily the 
episodes or seasons they don't like complete they're not like completely one after another another they're not like chronological. i know i know what you're talking about like each episode is a different it's a different thing mm-hmm. and you like even the like the season it. itself could like the next season could be about different characters but like same concept or right generally stuff like that I, I forget there's a word for it I'm, there is a like, word for it and yeah. i can't i can't think <laughs> of it right now but that would be like my if something were to come next if they wanted something directly after like the loki thing i could see them doing a tva series like that mm-hmm. and though and that stuff potentially leading into certain things with certain films because i feel like you could easily be like oh this tva episode is related to like the shit that happened that could have been prevented like this would have happened if the tv didn't get involved in this movie or xyz like i think that'd be a fun little like easter egg thing now and then also be something interesting for people yeah i agree with you i wouldn't want a season three from loki but if they had to give it a season three i think it would have to focus like you like you said it would have to focus on the tva but I think I would want to kind of I would want to see it from the standpoint of maybe we start getting into like the incursions if we're like if we're leading up to secret wars with all of these multiverses like colliding into themselves in these mm-hmm. different timelines like can we see a TVA series you know foreshadowing the events that you know. That might Lead be happening. Like mm-hmm. they put themselves as the first line of defense of what's coming for Secret Wars, and then like at the end of it, like it doesn't get done, or or they they fail, and it, it could go into like what you said, like certain episodes lead into certain movies. Like if we want to do something fun, like B fifteen pops up in the middle of Captain America, mm-hmm. and then we end up you know in the movie, but because B fifteen showed up, this didn't happen. Or because B fifteen showed up, that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like I, I could definitely see stuff like that going on. I, I don't think, I, I don't think like unless something generally crazy is about to happen that Loki needs to fully get involved with, there should be another Loki season. But if we're going to continue stuff with the TVA, I think a new TVA series would be perfect. I don't think I'd have a problem with that. But Loki itself, I'd be like, all right, y'all just. Y'all just want money. Like, this is... <laughs> nah, for real. Because what are we going to do? Just watch him sit in the chair for six episodes? Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to be surveying the timeline? Even then, I'm like, is, is that it, interesting? <laughs> is he going to inject himself in a timeline? Like, ooh, look at me. Like, mm-hmm. my theory is what to come next, period. I am interested to see how they continue with the Kang thing. Because even though Loki is holding the multiverses together, the Kang variants are loose. Mm-hmm. So what happens to the Kang variants? They got loose. Like who's gonna, you know, one who's gonna spread that information? I guess Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I have opinions on that, but like <laughs> the Kangs coming out, and then like how is he going to play into? Um, Secret Wars, because I saw a theory that Loki's position, they may be trying to give Loki like Beyonder, like give him a Beyonder type hmm. position. I mean, based on how they ended the season, I could definitely see mm-hmm. how that would, I mean, that would be plausible. Um, so that'd be interesting. 
I, I do wonder, I guess, like, who is the person going to be informing people of Kang? Or will it just be kind of like, Kang shows up, oh no, the TVA has to get directly involved, and then the TVA it, somehow, with the current heroes we got, whichever that looks like, get involved with that, and then it becomes like a whole thing of like, hey, Kang is a thing, it got out of, we were, you know, trying to keep it under wraps, but it got out of hand, and now we need to team up with, you know, you the new Avengers or whatever, and then it goes from there, but... It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it's, it just goes back to like the initial conversation we had about the MCU. Like, I I don't know where this stuff is going. Mm-hmm. I, I, or, I My worry is right now with all this talk of like potentially switching Kang is that the effects of Loki season two are going to get lost on us. Because I really yeah. think the way it ended sets up a lot of interesting things that it could do. But like, if we're, if, if they need to change villains or focuses due to the you know the personal things that are happening with it like jonathan major and stuff like that it it really does suck that the hard work that like the people that made this show put into is probably not gonna like amount to something at least right now yeah but yeah i was watching a video and they were saying like if they do switch to dr doom being the big villain of the multi multiverse saga they could write off kang in the variants of that that the tva just caught them all Hmm. And like you said, it is a simple explanation, but it also kind of sucks that we've been building up all of this lore of who Kang the Conqueror is and the variants and how he's integral to all of these timelines and the multiversal war and all of that just for us to switch villains and you just say the TVA caught them all. Well, if it was that goddamn simple, why did we have the Loki series to begin with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. So my theory, I I don't I I hope they continue with Kang. Whether they mm-hmm. continue with Jonathan Majors or if they recast, I would want them I would want to see them continue with Kang. Cause I I feel like we've just built so much up mm-hmm. to it. Like just even going back to like Ant Man, like he's like We've already had two characters go against some version of Kane. And just for us to have Quantumanium, as much as I dislike Quantumanium, for us, you have mm-hmm. us sit through this two hour movie <laughs> focused on Kane the Conqueror just to come back and tell me, oh, the TVA got rid of the rest of them. It's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, Marvel, I want you to listen to me right now. I don't know if you watch the Blurry Mob, but I hope you do. Um, as a comic book fan, you can replace it. He can look different. The 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 the, the explanation is different timelines. Different things happen. Like you know. And look, if Loki can have a female variant, Kang can have a variant that don't look like him. Yeah, I mean Loki had an alligator variant. Like I, he has you a don't, child variant. Yeah, like you don't gotta. It, they don't gotta look alike. I just want you to know you can continue. It don't gotta be the same person. Because I I just feel like I know that Doctor Doom is like the he is the central villain of Secret Wars. Yeah, and he can very well carry. And I won't say like Doctor Doom isn't someone who could carry like a phase like villain. He is. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people don't probably wouldn't know that unless you like know much about Fantastic Four and their comics, but. I think it the biggest issue is just like the fact how much work you've put into this one character already. And the fact that right now Marvel feels disjointed and the fact like I'm not sure where things are going right now. I think to derail that even further would really hurt them. 
Exactly. And, and that's exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Because I was like, we've been, Loki season one came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. And we've been leading up to all of this stuff. And for us to just like switch gears real quick, it's kind of like, I hate to say it, pull a Terrence Howard. <laughs> pull a Terrence Howard and and just recast them. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I, I think the storyline, I think the thing that we have going with Kane the Conquerors is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, at this point, they have so many irons in the fire. It, it, it would hurt them, I feel like, to to like pull one out and you know because it's connected to so much like you because mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting into incursions we're getting into this multiversal stuff it's just like we've introduced so much with the multiverse and then with you introducing kang it's kind of like you know i don't know i feel like if you guys wanted to do to do dr doom you should have introduced him first yeah or, or teased them or something. Or like, teased yeah. them. I heard, and this is not to go on a tangent, but I heard that the original end credit scene for Wakanda Forever had Doctor Doom in it. I would have been surprised if that was the case. It would have been interesting only because, like, there's in the regular, assuming Black Panther happens in the regular universe, which I'm pretty sure it does, there has been no mention of any of the Fantastic Four people, the mission that, like, you know, causes them to get powers and the whole thing to happen to Doom, like, none of that has been mentioned. So it would have just been very weird. Mm -hmm. But I could have seen it because... Namor. uh, Namor got involved. I mean, like, you're touching on the whole different kingdoms within the Marvel Universe. And Mm -hmm. Latveria, which I believe, I'm pretty sure is Dr. Doom's, is Latveria, uh, would have definitely been interested of fucking Atlantis and Wakanda fighting. He would have been like, oh, yeah, this is... This this is definitely something I want to be a part. Of. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it just goes back to if if we want to talk about you know legal, um or business wise, is that Marvel a long time ago Marvel didn't own all these characters. Mm-hmm. So it and it's also going into the challenge of how do we integrate these these heroes that we now own into a story that we've been telling stories we've been telling for like ten plus years now. Yeah, I mean, because they got they got if I'm not mistaken, they have all of them. They have all the rights to everybody except Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, what do we? I, and they know people are clamoring. I think for like certain adaptations of certain people because they have the the thing is it's so funny because Marvel made like Iron Man popular because I think before like the first Iron Man movie, people weren't really ain't nobody ain't nobody was fooling with yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, no one was really like paying attention to him like that, and now he's like a household named superhero mm-hmm. right so it's like now you have the popular people like you just got like you got the right to x-men now and i and me just gonna show you the storm right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like i i even was like all right hurry this shit up give me what like like even though i don't mind like i i would have been interested in even if they like if it takes a while because i want them to be careful with the characters they have mm-hmm. i still even was very much like all right Cool. You make your Ant Man movie. You got your little next Avengers shit. Where the boys with the X's on them? Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I get they're under pressure, but I really hope they under. It's it's the same thing I said with DC. I hope people understand. I hope they understand. They the fact that they are making them anyway is enough for people. Just like 
give it mm-hmm. time because when you rush it, you ruin it. Like that's the whole thing with DC. They didn't give enough time to build out their universe. They were like, oh, somebody's somebody has one. We need one now. And that was the worst thing they could have done. Yeah. I definitely agree. I'm I'm interested on what comes next. Um, let's just hop into this last bit. So mm-hmm. do with the strikes and um everything with the MCU slate, Deadpool 3 is the only MCU movie coming out in 2024. Mm-hmm. And from the rumors and everything we've been seeing floating around social media is supposed to be a time travel story and the TVA may be involved. So this could be like, this could be your, your <laughs> post Loki type situation you were asking for McMahon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I hadn't heard much of that except I think when you sent me the docket, I started looking into that cause I, I did, I was not, I hadn't heard much about it. So it's very interesting because I'm just like one, Deadpool is chaos, so mm-hmm. definitely don't want him running around timelines he's not supposed to be in. But it's just interesting because, like, I now know Wolverine is involved, and if we're time traveling and stuff like that, and uh, they've already shown in the Deadpool movies that like they have the other X characters there in some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, will this, will we get, like, is the sticky situation with TVA is like mutants themselves potentially? Like, cause I, we, me and you have talked so about this a lot offline. Like, how mm-hmm. will they truly introduce mutants into the MCU? Could it be that simple fact of like they themselves are an anomaly, and the TVA does not know truly what to do with them, and Deadpool is caught up in like this chaotic situation itself? It could be that, or they just trying to catch Deadpool. Like, who is this man <laughs> flopping between all these timelines? Mm-hmm. And then it might play into. And we gotta save this because I don't I don't want to spoil nothing from the Marvels, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That it could lead into what we just saw in the Marvels. Yeah. So like they're playing around a lot with this multiverse stuff, and I just don't want to see the MCU derail at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, that was I think when they started the multiverse thing, I was excited. I mean, we even predicted on your on this very podcast, the multiverse I want my saga. check, Kevin. <laughs> we even predicted the name of the multiverse saga before they even said anything. The first episode. <laughs> so I want my check. So, and I think I don't know if I expressed it, in this, but a worry of mine was when you expand your scope from one universe to multiple. There's obviously going to be a worry of like you losing sight of your goal, and I'm really hoping that's not the case with what's happening right now because. Like that, I did. I would be remiss to say that's probably not what it feels like because even we talked about at the beginning, the, you're they're throwing a lot of shit out there, and mm-hmm. it nothing really feels connected at the moment. I mean, we'll talk about it in your Marvels episode. There's a little, there's a little bit now, but like even that, like where it's is this like, going? Definitely, we're getting like little tidbits, a couple lines connecting here and there, but I feel like we have some ways to go before we fully grasp what Mm -hmm. is meant to be for this multiverse saga yep so so we've made it through all of the hot takes mcmillian is there anything else you would like to discuss trying to think i'm trying to think no i think we i think we touched on everything i would like to talk about um i just at the end of it all like loki was great um it was 
a really wild ride and I'm waiting. I truly hope they pull something out of this because I don't want them to not to have done such don't a good job. Don't leave my boy sitting on the throne holding the timelines for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. That's basically all that I would end it off right there. Give them something. Mm-hmm. But if that's all, we're going to go ahead and shut this down. So first, I want to thank you, McMillian, for joining me on an episode of the Blurred Mob podcast. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was great having you here, sharing your opinions on Loki. Um, For everybody who is going to miss the soothing sound of McMillian's voice, don't fret. We have our Marvel's Mob review coming soon, which Mm -hmm. McMillian will also be a part of. So... Turn that frown upside down. We'll be back. Um, Second, I want to thank everybody who's been listening and watching. Um, All of the interactions and everything have been truly um, appreciated. So thank you. Whether this is your first time or 50th time watching, it is always appreciated. Before I get into our socials, McMillian, I want to open the floor to you to tell the audience of where they can find you. Yep. As... All right, uh, I'm going to just say what I say on my podcast. Appreciate you guys for watching. Uh, make sure you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz on this lovely podcast's page. It would be appreciated. If you want to find me and what I, myself, and Ace get into, we do an anime podcast called Girl No Talk Council. You, that uh, same name on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to find us on Twitter, that is at Girl Otakus. You can find us on Spotify under the same name and YouTube under the same name. Please go ahead and come and join us we discuss um animes throughout like the current season right now we're following along with jjk so for those that watch that and are want to see all the crazy shit we get into with that you know come check us on out we'd love to have you man shibuya going dumb oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so hold on it's just side note shibuya going, going dumb oh oh man <laughs> oh we are having a time over on the podcast talking about that nah for real but um don't fret Everything that McMillian just mentioned will be in the description of this audio or video, however you're enjoying this episode. So make sure you check that out after um, at the end of the video and check out Girl Otaku Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find more of the Blurred Mop Podcast, make sure you check out our socials. We're on Facebook and TikTok at the Blurred Mop Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and threads at the Blurred Mop Pod. And you can find us on Twitter, X, whatever you would like to call it, at the Blurred Mob. Make sure you click on those links in our description to our affiliate link to Entertainment Earth. Get you some Funkos, some statues, anything your heart desires. If you don't want to buy anything, check out our Kofi link. That is straight donations it goes towards equipment subscriptions and everything that keeps the lights on and give you guys these lovely episodes and just one more time as mcmillian has said earlier if you're watching this on youtube make sure you like that video leave a comment subscribe and hit those bell notifications and with all that being said this is the mob checking out peace hands up if you love where you at stand 10 toes down shot ain't no looking at you can let them haters hate when they answer